There is no riot at the Capitol. Why was I lied to? Why was I lied to? I was told that the conspiracy would come true and all would be revealed and they would show how Joe Biden is not the president and Donald Trump would return triumphantly on a golden escalator heading up, not down this time onto a pale horse and ride off. I'm assuming they would have called it a pale horse. I mean, come on. It's their media. And he would have ridden to the White House to save the day. This is what we were told. This is what we were told. There was some facocta nonsense conspiracy theory that showed that March 4th being the original inauguration day, this would be the day that all would be revealed about Joe Biden and then there would be violence at the Capitol and that would be it. As of, as, as of well, what I got, uh, no violence at the Capitol. No violence at the Capitol. And by the way, good. Uh, it's not a reason to keep National Guard troops there for two more months, which Capitol Police have requested, and that request should be denied because the request is nonsense. Tony Katz, that's me, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Tony Katz. Be sure to follow and like and do all of the things. This is what we were told, seriously, that there was going to be some some violence and they had heard some chatter and they were worried about it. March 4th being the original inauguration day before being moved to January 20th. And there was going to be some activity at the the Capitol. I certainly hope uh, there is none. I'm glad uh, there was none. This is absolutely what you want. You don't want these things. I'm not interested in these things. But how much of this is just, oh, you you know, those Trump people. I mean, isn't that why we still have National Guard troops at the Capitol sleeping on floors wherever they're sleeping and eating raw meat and with metal shards in it, as was reported by a local ABC affiliate? That's what got reported. Don't look at me like somehow I'm the problem. I'm not making anything up. That was the reporting. So I don't know. The only reason that National Guard is still there, the only reason to request them is, as I see it, the photo op. You can tell me that there are threats against the Capitol. I will assume there are always threats against the Capitol. I will assume and would have assumed there were threats against the Capitol before January 6th. It doesn't mean you have a military presence at the Capitol. Take down the fencing. Let's go to work. If you say to me, well, the Capitol is now in a weakened state because of, of what happens, of what happened on January 6th, I will tell you that's why we should have responded with force. Thus, why didn't Nancy Pelosi accept the 10,000 additional uh, law enforcement, if you will, offered up by President Trump? Why did the House Sergeant-at-Arms and the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms deny uh, any, any help or say, no, we don't, we're good? And why wasn't there any movement made when the Capitol was under attack? Because it was, I mean, it just was. See, on that last part, I blame President Trump. I'm one of those guys. On the other parts, I blame everybody else. A lot of blame to go around, people. You see, when you're honest about it, right? When, when, you, when, you, when you honestly address the subject, you find that you're like, oh, okay, I don't like what they did and I don't like what they did. What I find disgusting and despicable is all we talk about is Trump, 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 
And yet Nancy Pelosi, she's eating twelve dollar pint ice cream and saying, "What me? No, this ice cream is so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It just sets me straight the whole time. I have a little bit of this. Whatever happened just went away. The whole day just just melts away, but not too fast because I don't like my ice cream melted. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the way Nancy Pelosi talks when no one sees her. Honestly, I've tried to do a Nancy Pelosi impression. I got hospitalized for three days. That's how difficult it was. There's no riot. There's no riot. So the idea of of all these uh, claims of, of, of violence that was going to take place today, I guess those are now discredited claims and bogus claims, even though the media apparatchik were the ones making the claims. Meanwhile, they've, they're dealing with other things over there on Capitol Hill, like H.R. 1. H.R. 1 is an absolutely ridiculous piece of legislation. H.R. 1, the For the People Act, here's a way to know whether something's good. Is Stacey Abrams in favor of it? If she is, chances are you're going to get screwed with your pants on. This bill is about who really has control of elections. I mean, that is fundamentally what it's all about. Who makes the decision? And in this case, H.R. 1 says that we, the federal government, are the ones who will make decisions. Not you, the states. Now, I would make the argument, like many people have, that that seems on its face an unconstitutional move. But I'm going to wait for the lawyers to dig in on this to be able to get an answer. What I can tell you is that every time they say it strengthens democracy, you can rest assured that it doesn't. We should note that no Republican voted for it. One Democrat did vote against it. Here's the statement from Speaker Pelosi. Actually, I should say that, I take that back. Here's a statement from President Biden. In the wake of an unprecedented assault on our democracy, a coordinated attempt to ignore, undermine, and undo the will of the American people never before seen in our history, and a new wave of aggressive attacks on voting rights taking place in states across the country, I applaud Speaker Pelosi and the House of Representatives for passing H.R. 1, the For the People Act of 2021. I thought our elections were remarkably secure. Wasn't that the whole point? Isn't this a fascinating change in the conversation? I thought that the election was totally secure. That's why all the allegations of fraud are just total bunk and nonsense to begin with. You had Christopher Krebs who used to run cybersecurity until he got fired. Oh my God, super, super secure. They don't ever discuss what could have come from outside the nation. Never mind that. But that's what we were told. It was great. Oh, you're ridiculous to say fraud. Look how secure, most secure election in history. So what is the need of this? What does a secure or lack thereof election have to do with saying that you can register to vote on the same day of the election and not need an ID? What does one thing have to do with another? How does that come together? What kind of person says you don't need an ID to vote? A person who is okay with fraud. And I'm telling you, if that's Stacey Abrams, and Stacey Abrams is okay with fraud. If she doesn't like it, it means nothing to me. I'm just noticing the kinds of things she's in favor of and the political left is in favor of.
If you say we're going to expand early voting and we're going to have more mail-in voting, you're okay with fraud. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. Of course the fight against mail-in voting should have gone through the roof. Of course we should have been more aggressive in fighting mail-in voting and the fraud that can come from it, especially when you allow things to be counted after the election date. You don't even need to match signatures. There's a whole thing about uh, Vice President Pence, the former vice president, writing about this and people saying, oh, he's pushing discredited theories. No, he's not. He's discussing the issues that, of course, took place. The things that need to be fought better where Republicans got what? Outlawed. So if you see people like trying to push aside uh, Vice President Pence, understand what it's all about. They're, they're just they don't want to have any honest conversation at all. They, they, they don't want it. They, they refuse to look at it. Anything you want to dis- discuss, well, that's voter disenfranchisement, that's voter suppression, anything they want to do, absolutely fine. It's not fine. It, needs to be, it doesn't matter what they call you. It doesn't matter what they, they say about you. They're wrong. No voter ID, you're wrong. Just willy-nilly mail-in voting, you're wrong. We should fight it with everything in us. We should fight it even if it passes. We should be protesting in front of the Supreme Court. We shouldn't allow it in the states. We should throw people out of office who push for it. They are wrong. They are not in favor of a free electoral system. They're not in favor of free people. They're in favor of saying how much can we stuff the ballot box any way we choose. Why should we have to do it in the dead of night when we can do it just like this? Let me say it again. And there is, no, there is no argument. You could try. I mean, come at me, bro. <laughs> as, this, as the saying would go. If you believe you don't need an ID to vote, well, then you favor voter fraud. End of list. And if you say to me, someone who is black or brown can't get an ID, that's bigotry. I'm dismissing you. If you think that someone who is black can't get an ID, that is some hateful garbage. You're a bigot. I'm moving on. Oh, they're Hispanic. They can't get an ID. You're a bigot. They shouldn't have to get an ID. What's what's your mathematics there? It's a poll tax. I didn't say you couldn't make the ID free. Make the ID free. I got no problem with that. I'm not down with poll taxes. A poll tax, the idea that you would have to pay in order uh, to vote, right? Uh, So uh, people will make the argument that needing an ID, they have to pay for the ID, and that's a poll tax. I make the ID free. Uh, I'm I'm more than happy to contribute in in that way. There is no argument against identification. And these people want to make an argument against identification. Now, there's, a, there's some other things to this, right, that have to do with dollars and cents and have to do with uh, public financing uh, for, for elections. So, for example, let's say you had a, a $200 donation to a House uh, candidate that would garner a $1,200 match in public funds. How do they fund that? A 4.75% surcharge on criminal and civil penalties and settlements that corporations pay to the U.S. government. Congressional Budget Office says it would get $3.2 billion over 10 years. 
So the government goes after corporations so they can fund matching candidates. This. I'll let other people play around that one. For sure. But this this bill is is certainly not for the people. It's for the ideological. Push back on it. And the people say you favor voter suppression, just laugh at them. I mean, just straight up laugh at them. They, like Stacey Abrams, don't know what they're talking about. I'm Tony Katz. Your chance to go to space. There's a Japanese entrepreneur. And he has purchased the seats on SpaceX. So this is for 2023. They're going to fly around the moon. And actually, at the, when you look at the trajectory, it'll be the furthest any human being has been from Earth. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. And so he's got these seats. He's like, uh, who wants to come with me? So there is a website that you can go to uh, and you can be a, a part of this. Dear Moon, D-E-A-R, Dear Moon dot Earth. And you can find out eight crew members wanted for the mission to the moon in 2023. It's a Japanese entrepreneur, Yusaka Mizawa, purchased seats. You've got talent. They want you. So you can pre-register before March 14th. That's, that's how it goes. And by late May of 2021... Um, he'll be doing final interviews and, and, uh, you'll be doing medical checkups. I won't go skydiving, but I would totally get in a spaceship to go around the moon. And I know I'm not prepared to do so because I referred to it as a spaceship. Uh, a hundred percent. No, no doubt. I'm ready to go. I am Jody Foster in contact. Whatever it is you need me to be, I'm good. Abs- oh, oh, absolutely, you can die. Oh, of this, there is no question that you can die. Uh, that said, I'm ready to go. Just to experience it. And if it all works out, oh, the story. Oh, the story you get to tell. So yeah, I, I, am I going to apply? Yes, I'm going to apply. I, I'm not going to be one of the people picked. I just, I'm just pretty sure. I'm just pretty sure that I, you know, I'm not. I haven't written enough poetry or, <laughs> or, or, or whatever. One of the, one of the, one of the rules is is, is going to be. Uh, Kira Davis is scheduled to be with us. Kira Davis of Red State. We're going to talk about racist babies. The Arizona Department of Education saying, you know, by three months old, at three months old, your your baby is already learning to be a, to be a racist. It's like, well, well, can you imagine what happens if you let him read Dr. Seuss next? Whoo! Mom's reading Dr. Seuss to their to their uh, to their kids. You you know you know they're just setting them up for a lifetime of pain. And then people are sharing the video of Michelle Obama reading Dr. Seuss. While the cat in the hat, someone dressed up as the cat in the hat, is next to her. Oh, how things change. Oh, how things do change. I am a giant fan of Senator John Kennedy. 
He's of Louisiana. And it's not that I'm, you know, I'm not even talking about the politics. I'm just talking about how he talks and the expressions that he uses. He's talking about the coronavirus bill, which is a mess. And you know they're making changes to the checks. They're making changes to the amount of money that you can get out of this thing. Oh, oh, yeah. So instead of being um, 75000 in terms of the cutoffs there and, and you can get a, a payment, now they want uh, that cutoff to be, I, I think it's, it's, it's 100 200 meaning that instead of being a graduated upscale, I actually take that back a little bit less, 80000 So instead of that graduated upscale, like if you make under 75000 you get the full 1400 But if you make a little bit more, you lose a little bit for every $1,000, every $100 above that. Well, instead of that capping at 100000 or 200000 they want it to cap less because a person who makes 100000 a year is rich, right? They're going to make that cap like eighty or 85000 A person who makes $100,000 a year is rich. Remember, it used to be billionaires were rich. Then it was millionaires who were rich. And now if you make $100,000, you're rich because in the world of the socialist, this is how it works. Eventually, as Margaret Thatcher taught us, socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. So uh, Kennedy is talking about this COVID relief bill and just classic John Kennedy. And if I could say a word about the, the, the coronavirus bill, Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, President Biden, because we're going to be taking it up tomorrow. President Biden said in putting together the bill, he said, we want to, we want to meet you, us, the Republicans, halfway. If that's the case, he's a damn poor judge of distance. Yeah. He's rejected everything we've proposed. This feels dreadful. The only way I know how to improve it is with a shredder. It's not even a coronavirus bill. Calling this a coronavirus bill is like calling um, Harvey Weinstein a feminist. It's it's. It, I, I he made the pivot. To talk about the COVID bill with Lawrence Jones there filling in on primetime. By the way, Lawrence is great. Good, good guy. Wishing him all the best. He made the pivot so he could make the joke. He wanted to say it. Oh, gift that keeps on giving. Andrew Cuomo has apologized. And oh, yeah, he said he never touched anybody inappropriately, which I think is the downfall moment. We'll review the videotape. I'm Tony Katz. So the Cuomo apology, is it enough? Well, I guess the question would be enough for what and enough for whom? And, well, there's only one way to look at that. Is it enough to put an end to the people calling for the end of his career? Or are we watching the end of his career? Right? This is the question. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. I am going to get to that. But this, I thought this was uh, just spectacular. This is uh, Randy uh, Weingarten. I don't know if you know who she is. She's the head of the American uh, Federation of Teachers. She's on with uh, Chris Cuomo yesterday. I'll play it. If you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. It's important 
that you keep your hands on the wheel. Oh, and sorry, you know, I get very angry about this. My union has been trying to reopen schools since last April. We know how important in-school learning is. Oh, and sorry, you know, I get... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to repeat it. She's been trying to get schools, unions have been trying to get schools open since last April. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. We know we're being lied to. We know she's full of it. Chris Cuomo is staring at her with a straight face. Chris Cuomo is looking at her like looking at his brother when Andrew says, honestly, I never touched her. Just, you know, somewhere in the back of his head, he knows he's supposed to say, oh, come on, come on. Somewhere I have that audio, producer Ari. He's supposed to say that, but he can't bring himself to do it. Can't bring himself to do it. That is as great, as great of a lie as anything I have seen and heard in a, in a good long time. That's special right there. Has Cuomo done enough? Well, let's go over his apology. Because we, we were covering parts of it yesterday as it was happening, but, well, I clearly missed a part. And I was able to grab it all today. And I want to make sure you heard it the way I heard it so we could decide if we heard it properly. First, the standard Andrew Cuomo setup. Let me make uh, an unrelated announcement if I can. I want to address the recent allegations that have been made against me. Uh, As you probably know, the attorney general is doing an independent review and I will fully cooperate with that review. Well, of course you're going to fully cooperate with that review. Who, what else would we think, Governor, that you're you're not going to fully cooperate with that review? Who who would ever say that with you? You're going to cooperate with this review just like you got Democrats in New York all the proper information on nursing home deaths. Of course you're going to get it to them in, in a timely manner. You're going to get them exactly uh, what, what they need. Of course you're going to cooperate. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, what? He didn't. He didn't get the Democrats the information. He told them he was getting the federal government, the Department of Justice, the information, but he didn't do that either. He didn't do that either. Oh, all right, okay. But no, you're going to totally cooperate. I, we get you're going to cooperate. I, that's, that's just just great. Now, the lawyers say I shouldn't say anything when you have a pending review until that review is over. I understand that. Uh, I'm a lawyer, too. Someone who has himself, uh, someone who defends himself has a fool for a client. Is that the expression? If you defend yourself, you have a fool for a client. Okay. But you're a lawyer too. All right. All I can think of is the guy from TMZ. I'm a lawyer. Was his name Harvey? Is that his name? I'm a lawyer. You, you, you showed up. Mike Lavinati was a lawyer too. I'm just saying. Just, just talk it out loud, Governor. But I want New Yorkers to hear from me directly on this. First, 
I fully support a woman's right to come forward. And I think it should be encouraged in every way. Specifically when it's against Donald Trump or Republicans. I'm not so sure how I feel about me, but, you know, once you're in the barrel. I now understand that I acted in a way that made people feel uncomfortable. It was unintentional, and I truly and deeply apologize for it. I feel awful about it, and frankly, I am embarrassed by it. And that's not easy to say. We're so glad it's not easy to say. I'm not saying he isn't embarrassed by it. I'm not saying he doesn't feel awful uh, about it. I don't know if the getting choked up is effective or not in this case, but I would have no reason to think that he doesn't feel bad about it and isn't embarrassed by it. I would argue that both are very, very possible. That is not the part I want to get to. It's this. But that's the truth. But this is what I want you to know, and I want you to know this from me directly. I never touched anyone inappropriately. And with that, let the games begin. Let the games begin. I feel awful about it. And frankly, I am embarrassed by it and that's not easy to say but that's the truth but this is what i want you to know and i want you to know this from me directly i never touched anyone inappropriately all you need is one photo all you need is one video all you need are two women making an allegation and it's over Because he said, I never. He said the words. He said, I never. Well, if you're going to say, I never, you're putting yourself in a place where anything, anything that even looks suspect is like, well, obviously this is not the case. If we see right here in exhibit A, here he is. And uh, he's, this is a bad idea. This is why the lawyers didn't want you to say anything. Because you just create. you might as well be Gary Hart saying, follow me. I have nothing to hide. By the way, Gary Hart references, get that anywhere else. You won't hear that on NPR, people. Guaranteed your money back. By the way, producer Ari, do you know who Gary Hart was? Yeah, he ran for president in like 87, right? Right, right, in, in, in 87. And he, and he had the sexual harassment thing. <sighs> you're, you're so close, and I appreciate I appreciate you being in the ballpark more than anything. More than anything, that's, that's what I appreciate. Once you say, I never, you better be able to prove you never. No one should be able to come out of the darkness and say, hey, what do you think of this picture? Because that's all it's going to take. Oh, I think it was a bad apology. It certainly is being taken as a bad apology. Never mind if I thought so or not. Right? But to make this statement, shooey.
Oh my goodness. That's that's what com- could come back to bite him. You thought it was uh, bad before America with your racism. Now the babies are racist. Kira Davis of Red State is here to discuss it. Coming up, I'm Tony Katz. It was a perfectly 2021 headline. Remember, things are less crazed in 2021 than 2020 only because media wants you to believe that to be true and they're not reporting things with such frenetic uh, movement. Without Trump, they honestly don't know what to do with themselves. But there's still a fair amount of madness out there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's a pleasure to be with you. As has been reported, the Arizona Department of Education creating what they're calling an equity toolkit that teaches parents how children as young as three months can develop racial bias, encouraging parents to and teachers to talk to young children about race. Kira Davis joins us right now from Red State, redstate.com, and the podcast, Just Listen to Yourself. Be sure to catch that wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, they're serious about this kind of stuff. This is all part of the, the, the new age way of saying uh, you are guilty for your existence. Everything is bigoted from square one, and there simply is no escape from it. We're not making the argument of whether or not racism exists. We're making the argument that it seems that the powers that be want you to start going after your kids when they're three months old. Yeah, this this is critical race theory, Tony. This is what this is. This is the end game for critical race theory, which is, again, it's not as you just put it. It's really not to, quote, even the playing field or bring us equity. What it's meant to do is to shame an entire group of people for how they look. And the I've been reading uh, Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility. It's a slog to get through. I've been reading it for months because it's so awful. But she posits all these problems of, of that white people create, that these are all the problems of, of white America. But she has no solutions. Her only solutions which I think are ironic considering that she's super famous now and makes a lot of money on this. Her only solution is that white people just begin to retreat from any position of influence in society. So this is just another aspect of this. I mean, Tony, think about how crazy this argument is. They're saying babies are racist, dumb racist babies, because they start identifying with people who look like them at an early age. Who are the people who look like them? They're caregivers. If you're a black baby and your main caregiver is white, then when you see white faces, you're going to, as a baby, feel more affection towards them. Your your biological instincts are going to make you identify this person as a caretaker. If you're a white baby and your main caretaker is an Asian, Asian people will be the ones that that baby will cling to more, that that baby will identify with more, feel more cared for by. This is human biology. This is why I think left-wing ideology, progressive ideology, is so dangerous because it fundamentally ignores the very basic nature of human nature. They get human nature so wrong, and that's dangerous. 
It is the ideology conversation that we keep having here. It is the ideology conversation that I discuss when discussing Black Lives Matter as an organization versus uh, your, your neighbor, your friend, you and me, Kira. Kira Davis is black. I am not. Yes. But it is critical race theory. It is the idea of devolving people into racial groups so you take away any level of individuality, which is everything we're supposed to be opposed to. And what this story shows and what I took from it is there is no depth to which those people who are practitioners of critical race theory will not sink because, well, this is how you keep, I, I would argue in a financial sense, this is how you keep the gravy train flowing. Of course. I mean, um, look, my good friend, Sonny Johnson, who's got a show on Sirius Radio, she always says, never trust a party that says they're the party of the poor. And that's who the Democrats always say they are, right? We're the party of the poor. Never trust anyone who says we're advocates of the poor or we're, we're the party of or for, because how do you stay a party of the poor? You have to keep people poor or else you're out of a job. So it's the same thing with uh, critical race theory and all of this uh, racial training that we're seeing popping up, diversity training. The end goal isn't to make people feel better about themselves and and have America come together and sing Kumbaya. That's not what they want. Then Then they're out of a job. We have the same problem here in California, Tony, with the uh, homeless industry. Oh, yes, it's an industry, folks. It's not just people down on their luck on the streets. There are people who make their money, quote, advocating for the homeless, quote, advocating for homeless dollars. And fewer homeless people on the street means less money running through their organizations. So it's a scam. And this whole this whole racist babies thing is a scam. Tony, listen to us. We are grown adults talking on on one of the biggest radio shows in Indianapolis, stuck talking about racist babies. How crazy is this? First, I got I got to correct you. We are the biggest and uh, and uh, soon to be biggest in the Midwest and then soon uh, the the globe talking to Kira Davis, real Kira Davis on Twitter. Find her at Red State and the podcast. Just listen to yourself while you have a couple of minutes left. It is imperative, I think, within these conversations and in these conversations about critical race theory and, 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 and others of you brought them up, there's a big difference between the, the incorporation that wants to make money off of it and realities of race in America. One should not discount the other, as you and I have discussed many times. No, one should not discuss the other. And in fact, I think it's really, I know a lot of people will say, well, this is a nuanced subject. Where, we, where do we draw the line? I don't think it's that nuanced, Tony. I think we draw the line at when we start making people feel bad for the way they looked when they were born. We start making people feel like they are less than human based on the way they look, based on their race or religion or ethnicity. There is the line. And that's where critical race theory fails. It fails all of us. It fails the black community specifically. And I really do tend, intend to um, talk about this at length on my show. Just listen to yourself. I want to break this down. But, but the line is where we start identifying our fellow Americans as enemies simply for how they look. And that's where we are right now. And that frightens me. That scares me. I have two children. I would die inside if someone told me that they were not allowed to do something or say something because they're black. That would kill me. 
why and it would kill me if they went into the classroom to learn a lesson about how they are oppressors, how they are evil and racist and have no voice because they're black. Why would I want someone to do that to a white child? I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous, but it's not too ridiculous for us to push back again. I think this is against and this is important, Tony. We shouldn't dismiss this as the silliness of the left. We should not dismiss it. We're going to talk more about it. Just listen to yourself. Check out the podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. Kira Davis, redstate.com. Always a pleasure. I'm Tony Katz.